Hey there, Meyer Sign friends and followers. I'm Michael Boss, and I have the privilege of being the creator and host of Tales of the Magic Skagit, a podcast series celebrating the people, places, and things that make the Skagit Valley magic, sponsored by Meyer Sign. Thanks for giving us a listen. And now, on to the program. Well, hello there, friends and followers of Meyer's Sign, Tales of the Magic Skagit. I'm uh, out here in the flats, May 3rd, with Bruce McCormick, and we're here to talk about local history. Um, Bruce, before we get into, I'm going to do a reading from uh, what I've humorously called the Monster Book of Pioneers. And uh, today we're going to devote uh, a reading to uh, Isaac Chilberg, who, of course, people would recognize who live here, maybe not as a historical personage, but certainly as the name of a road. So, you know, the question is, who the heck was that road named after? And that's the subject for this podcast. But before we get into that, Bruce, I have some questions I got to ask you. So, um, we've... uh, We've extended the Tulip Festival now into May. Um, this would be how many Tulip Festivals for you? They were back in the Connor Gymnasium years ago, but it was they called it something, a flower show or something. Because I remember Laurie Wells did a lot of work in the Connor Gymnasium getting it ready back in the 60s. Okay, and was this specifically for tulips or it was basically, probably daffodils yeah. and tulips, I yeah, would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you remember going back to the uh, to the 60s when they were doing something. Yeah, I remember when Laurie Wells was doing it cuz yeah. How far back how far back do you remember, you know, tulip cultivation going in this uh, in well, this community? We we knew Sam and Sarah Stewart for years. But at one time, Sam and Sarah Stewart lived right next door on McLeanwood to my granddad. Oh, I'll be darned. Now, Sam and Sarah were, help me out here, because Mary Stewart, I think, was uh, out in Samish Island, had started um, tulip cultivation pretty early on. I think one of the first people in Skagit Valley to, to raise tulips. Well, the Fabers were pretty early too. Uh, they call it Grange Tulip or something. I just saw that article the other day on, on Sam and Sarah Stewart. Yeah. I just read it about it. And they, they were one of the first ones. And it was called Grange Tulip or something. I forget now. Oh, yeah. Oh gosh. I... So, Bruce, uh, I'm going to start off by reading um, from your book uh, about Isaac Chilberg. And feel free to chime in anytime you want. I may have a few comments that I'll make along the way, but here we go. Isaac Chilberg has spent 25 years at farming in Skagit County, though he has been a resident of the Sound Country since 1871, a part of which time he passed in mercantile business 
Now I should stop and mention right here that this book that I'm reading from was published in 1905 and at the time it was published, Isaac Chilberg was still alive. So if it makes it sound like it's contemporary, well, it was for 1905. Mr. Chilberg enjoys the respect of his home community and is regarded as one of the staunch people of the county. Staunch people of the county, Bruce. Yeah. I think you're regarded as one of the staunch people of the county, are you not? Mr. Chilberg was born in Sweden in 1842. The son of Charles J. Chilberg, who settled in a pioneer, uh, who settled uh, as a pioneer farmer in Iowa in 1846 and remained there until 1863. The subsequent three years were spent in Colorado, Nevada, and Oregon. So uh, Isaac Chilberg's dad cut around. The first five years on the Sound were passed without his family and in 1871 he returned to Iowa and brought them to live on a preemption he had taken up near La Conner. Bruce, any idea where, you know, that that family holding might have been? Well, there's a Chilberg Road. Yeah, there's a Chilberg Road for but sure. I don't know where the buildings, yeah. where the property would have been. Yeah. There might be some folks listening that, that could, you know, have some clues on that. Here he continued to reside until called to his last reward in 1905 in his 92nd year. Not bad, Bruce, not bad. Mrs. Hannah Johnson Chilberg was also a native of Sweden. She passed away in 1905 in her 90th year, the mother of 10 children, of whom Isaac was fourth. In Iowa, Isaac Chilberg received his education and when 20 years of age went to Colorado. In 1862, he enlisted in the first Colorado battery and served with that for nearly three years, being mustered out at Fort Leavenworth in 1865. So, you know, it's obvious that he served during the Civil War, although it doesn't mention in here whether, you know, he was involved in any particular battles. Returning to Iowa, he remained there farming until shortly before coming to Washington in 1871. He first settled in Skagit County, then a part of Whatcom County on land taken up near LaConnor. Two years later, he went to Seattle and engaged in the broom business. <laughs> I love it. He engaged in the broom business. After six months, removing his venture to Olympia, where he remained for two years. The year 1879, he passed at Walla Walla, and in the following year, rented his father's farm near LaConnor and operated it for over 20 years. In 1866, just after the close of the Civil War, Mr. Chilberg married Miss M. E. Ackerman, and that's spelled O-C-K-E-R-M-A-N, who lived but a few years. Two children were the result of this union, who later in life became Mrs. Hannah F. Dunlap and Mrs. Mary Callow, both of whom are now dead. In 1883, Mr. Chilberg married Christine Nelson, a native of Chillicothe, Iowa, who had one child, which lived only 18 months. And in 1888, the second wife passed away. So he's, Isaac's now outlived two wives. Mr. Chilberg 
is a member of the Methodist Church in which he has held the office of Stewart for a number of years. In politics, he is a Republican. His life has been an exceedingly busy one, filled with its joys as well as its sorrows. I'd say having to bury children and wives would yeah, definitely qualify as sorrows. And now, in the evening of life, he has the satisfaction of knowing that he is the recipient of the confidence of all who know him and is the object of the well wishes of the entire community. And not only that, Bruce, he got a road named after him. So Yeah. Yeah. So so there we have what we know about Isaac Chil- Chilberg. So, you know, as usual with, with these stories that I do, you know, I'm going to invite anybody in the listening or reading audience to uh, share what they know uh, about the Chilbergs. But before we started the recording, Bruce, you had mentioned to me that you were looking back through lists of uh, graduates from uh, LaConnor. And you could not, you said you could not find uh, any of the Chilberg family. So it's kind of a mystery to you uh, as to to what became of the family. Uh, they mentioned, you mentioned once too that he had property up near, <clears throat> which was once Watkin County. Yeah. And I never knew that or how far up was he above Edison or where? Yeah, no, it doesn't say. When Bruce gr- growing up. What do you remember being like, you know, the big cash crops or, you know, the, 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 the big agricultural uh, uh, output of the, of the valley being? Well, way before my time, they had hops and things like that. But I mean, uh, uh, <clears throat> I remember during the war, a lot of farmers got rich cabbage. They got a dollar a pound for cabbage seed. Oh, okay. And, and uh, they were... They're still raising a lot yeah, of Yeah, oh yeah, they're seeds. still raising yeah, they're still raising a lot of seed crops here. But now yeah, now they're just more diversified. We're a lot of potatoes now. Mm-hmm. There were several big potato farmers here. And uh, well gosh, I can't think of everything. I mean lot, there was a lot of dairy farms. Too. A lot of dairy farms and peas. A lot of peas until that one disease came in and took care of that. Do you remember when do you remember approximately when that happened? Well, let's see. I was still working. It was in the 70s, maybe. Oh, really? Oh, oh my. Okay. Well, the can- San Juan Cannery went out of business. And then there was Cascade Food and Pick Sweet. And, and these were all, these were all uh, uh, processors. focused processors yeah. for peas. Yeah. Yeah. Big Sweet, well, that was right along the river. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of dairy cattle too, you know, and uh, dairy farms, and they raised most of their own stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Raising. Uh, all the corn now you see is uh, for cow silage. Mm-hmm. They don't raise sweet corn anymore because there's no processors left to, to process sweet uh-huh. corn. That's why San Juan Cannery got out of the business. There's no, nobody was raising peas. That one disease came in and affected them, and yeah, so yeah. they just closed the doors. Yeah. <laughs> who were the Who were the major farming farming families that that you you knew of growing up? Well, the Peth family. They had. Oh yeah. Old John 
lived out the corner here. He had John Jr. on Edison and Archie over here on the Connor Whitney and George on Bass Road. And uh, and well, Kenny, he had some property down Downey Road, but he uh, he spent his time mostly in Seattle. He was a weekend farmer, not a gentleman <laughs> farmer. But uh, well, the Nelson family. Oh yeah, the yeah the Nelsons yeah, Burlington, yeah Norm Norm Senior and yeah. the boys, yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> a couple of the Nelson boys come around this area and started one of them farmed the Connor place out of the Connor for quite a few years. And uh, oh gosh, the Swansons, yeah, they've been here forever. Gashes, the Downies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Hart Gallisher, my uncle, and uh, Wells Farm, they had cattle, and yeah. Swanson's and there, and uh, Handel's right down here. Uh, a lot of different yeah. crops and yeah. everything was going fine. And and Bruce, your, your granddad, um, with, he, he was a farmer. Yeah, he had the place here. Yeah. And dad moved on to that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was raised. Yeah. And then it's sold now to Tulane Farms. Except that one corner of the house and the barn and that friend of mine, he's got all those flowers there. And I, it's just busier than that. I, that place, that property is just so amazing. Yeah, <clears throat> that used to be a reason it's a funny shape and everything. Uh, it used to be White Slough. Hmm. It come in from the behind Swanson's. It it uh, came off of Swinomish Channel. Yeah. And went through uh, Swanson Farms and the Gashes. Then it crossed into Pess. It crossed uh, Downey Road into Pess and came back into my granddad's place. And it came right out to McLean Road, and then went back behind the barns and made a big horseshoe. Then, then dead, dead ended right about that last big fancy house, just past the flower bed. That was the end of it. Yeah. It was all filled in from there. Wow. That was White Slough. White Slough. But a lot of, a lot of the Jennings place, they, they had what, 80 or so more acres here, more than that. I mean, it's just, stop and think, there was a lot of farms here. Yeah. And everybody had cattle. Yeah. Nothing big. Phones come in <clears throat> from Puyallup in, uh, oh, I don't know, I was in the, one of the, one, one of them was in my class <clears throat> when I was in the fifth grade. But they bought about 50 head up from Puyallup. So mm. that was one of the big herds around here. Really? Yeah. 50 head? Yeah. Oh, my granddad one time, he moved the family, <clears throat> five, six kids and everything, and they shipped some uh, cattle to Seattle on a barge, then they drove them from Seattle down to, uh, well, it was the Stuck River down there, it was called. Mm. And then they, they, some of the cattle were spoken for, so on the way down, they're driving them, and this farmer wanted two or three, whatever yeah, it was. And, drop them off. Yeah. and they had all these kids, and then they thought, they, oh, they like it better back here, so 
hook up all the kids and the cattle and move them all back here. Well, we don't. And then grandmother died, they said, in 07, and left granddad with five daughters and four sons, nine oh kids gosh. there. And uh, the older kid, the two older boys were drafted into World War I. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the older kids just helped raising the little kids. Wow. Yeah, they just worked as a team, you know. Yeah. And when the two boys came back from the war, they thought they were going to stay on the farm. They just didn't care for it. Yeah. So what did they end up doing? Well, it's funny. <clears throat> they went down to Seattle, and they worked for a little dairy down there. And it was funny. It was in Foster, Tuckwell area. It was ran by a guy who graduated from Lake Conner in 09, one of the, and they worked for him. Uh, Herman uh, Anderson, his name was. Mm -hmm. There was there was Herman Anderson and uh, uh, oh, uh, three three graduates in 09. It was uh, right here. It is uh, Herman Anderson, Ethel Bates. She was Ethel Farron when I knew her, mom's friend, and Phil Cornelius, class of three. And Herman Anderson, he's. He's got two children still alive, but I don't know about the rest of these people. But anyway, they came back from the war and worked for a guy that graduated from Lake Honor because they didn't get to graduate, they got drafted. Because oh, Uncle Seeley talks about it. They were just freezing in New Jersey, waiting to get aboard a ship just stomping their feet and just, oh, he, oh, they, they, and all of a sudden, okay, here's a ship, load. He says, I didn't care where in the hell we were going just to get out of it. And he said, last thing I remember is peeking out the porthole and seeing the Statue of Liberty. Oh, gee. Then they went out in the sea for two or three days and they stopped for gunnery practice. Then they finished and I think they had to wait for sub chasers. And, oh, he had quite a story he told. And then they went on to Europe. Mm -hmm. And which, <clears throat> which, which of these uncles were they? Um, They're was, on the Gallisher side. On the Gallisher side, yeah. on your mom's side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so they, they saw action in Europe? Yeah. Yeah, amazing that they came back alive. Yeah, well, they were... Uh, I forget what Uncle Seeley did. They were taking care of prisoners or something. They weren't right out in the middle. Oh, all right. So they weren't but necessarily... When they found out the war line. was over, two or three of them decided, why go back to camp? Well, they, they started at a bar, then they got caught, and they were put in the brig for four or five days. <laughs> then they were shipping back to the station. He says, you know, after that, we both made sergeant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> This concludes another episode of Tales of the Magic Skagit. You can follow us on Facebook at Meyer Sign, as well as read our stories on our website, MeyerSign.com. Just click on Behind the Sign for all the good stuff. Thanks for listening, and keep the Skagit magic, y'all.